Hello and welcome to December. I can't believe we are in December of 2022. This year flew by and I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your support in our fourth year of the cycle. I cannot believe it's been four years. We wouldn't be anywhere without all of your listening, your support, sharing the podcast with other people, friends, family to get awareness out about this disease. Um, you're helping to, to grow awareness and that is what we need the most to help hopefully get some early diagnostic tools, get more research funding and really make the name endometriosis more well-known so we can be better supported as patients. I thank all of my guests that have been on this year and in years past and again for everyone for listening and sharing it really does mean so much to me and i appreciate you being here i always hope that this show provides you value and it helps you that's the goal if you have any feedback or anything you'd like to see in 2023 please let me know i am working um, on chatting with a few doctors some functional medicine doctors which is more natural health and some other types of therapies that potentially could help us be in less pain if you're in pain with the disease and or just getting more awareness out there. With that being said, we are going to jump into today's show. I talked to Kelly, who's 20 years old from Wisconsin, and she is going to share her story with us today. And again, thank you so much for being here. Wishing you a very happy holiday and a happy new year. And I will see you in January. Oh, you can always check the show notes if you need to figure out how to reach out to me. Um, my website's down there. There's a form on the website you can fill out as well as my email. So feel free to email me. I appreciate it so much. Um, you can also direct message me on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening and being here and wishing you a pain-free day and hopefully a very relaxing holiday season. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Just me popping in again. One more quick note. It is the holiday season and we all tend to overextend ourselves. And that's especially challenging when you have endometriosis. There's some great tips that Elva and I shared the past two years in December. If you need to listen to those to remind yourself um, of some good tips to take it a little easier over the holiday season, um, episode 32 and 57 tips are still relevant today. Thanks again. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here. Kelly is joining me from Wisconsin in the United States. Um, probably a little cold and dreary there. Are you guys having a nice day? Um, it's actually very sunny. It's very chilly and windy, kind of like you said before. So not enjoying that, but I'll take the sunshine. Yeah. So nice when you have the sunshine. I know it's a little yeah. dark. It's dark here today and it's, yeah. it's tough. So, well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on and yes. why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce us to your, you. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Kelly. Um, I'm born and raised in Wisconsin and I absolutely love it. I love the Midwest. Um, the winter is not so much, but the summers and fall, you can't beat it anywhere else. 
Um, I currently work at a Montessori school with four to seven year olds and I love it. Um, it actually kind of made me fall back in love with education. So I'm actually thinking of going back for my bachelor's in um, elementary education. So it's been keeping me busy kind of tinkering with that. Um, but yeah, I have a huge passion for kids and I love working with them. And um, as you can see on my picture, I have a little dog and he's my little baby and I love him so much. But what's his so. name? He's so cute. His name is Red. He's just a doxy beagle mix and he's pretty cute. He's my little pal. Oh, I love it. So for everyone who's listening, we also do have the show on YouTube. So you can go there and watch. It's linked in the show notes. Just a little time for me to plug that. But that's where you can see Kelly's dog because he will be on the front with her and her picture of our thumbnail. So, well, great. Well, let's chat a little bit about, you know, endometriosis and, and how things started with you. And we'll go from there. Yeah, perfect. So um, yeah, tell us how, like, what happened first that brought you into this journey? Okay. Um, so I guess I started, like, my periods are pretty normal, Um, kind of happened around seventh grade, so like 13-ish kind of. Um, And they were pretty normal, like, didn't think anything of it. Things were going good. Um, And then, like, around eighth grade, kind of getting into high school, they just became, like, crazy heavy. Like they lasted, if it was seven days only, that was considered short. Like they'd be two weeks long, like ridiculously heavy, like just crazy. Um, so then I kind of like, at the first I just thought it was kind of normal. I'm like, I guess this is just what I got. Like, and at the time I didn't really have many like close friends. And I feel like at that age, I was like so embarrassed by it all. Like I was not going to ask anybody. We weren't talking about it, like nothing. Um, so yeah, I was like this, whatever. And so then eventually I just got so sick of it. I'm like, I'm sick of like having to be like the biggest tampon and pads would only last me a few hours. Like I'm like, this really just doesn't feel normal to me. And so I very embarrassingly one day, like kind of brought it up to my mom. I'm like, I like, is this normal? Like, is this whatever? And um, so then she kind of said that that's what happened to her when she was a kid and um, kind of went into this. And she actually ended up kind of saying that she had endometriosis and actually needed a hysterectomy at like 25 or something like crazy young. It wow. just got so bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so then like pretty much right away, she's like, we got to get you in somewhere. Like, I'm not kind of going to continue this cycle. Um, so yeah, I kind of first doctor visit was around 15 or 16 years old. Wow. And at this time, so one really quick thing is everybody knows yes. hysterectomy is not a cure for endometriosis. No. Just always want to say that when we talk about mm-hmm. it, uh, hysterectomy. But um, at that time, was it just still the heavy bleeding? Was there anything else? Did you have any other like back pain or like stomach upset when you were on? Were there any other symptoms that you recall? Um, the My stomach, I kind of get very nauseous. That was kind of it. But for me, it was just really like the heavy, like body yeah. periods. That was kind of my main symptom at the time. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the doctor, 15, 16. Yes. How does that appointment go? Um, it actually went very well. She tested my iron right away and then pretty much immediately said that I should at least try birth control. And she called me back with like the lab results and she kind of just said, oh, you have just like a little low iron, like nothing to worry about, but we just want to get you on like an iron supplement as you start this birth control. 
And then at the time I went into like the patient portal app, whatever they give you. And I looked and the iron was like close to like the lowest it could be. Like it was way down there. And I'm like, okay, so I know that that's not what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just had some blood work done and also like you can look at the portal yourself and I know I'm not a doctor, but they yeah. show ranges, right? Yes. There's a range yes. and, and the doctors are, Oh, you're fine. And I'm like mm-hmm. looking and I'm like, uh, but I'm way out of range. on like vitamin D or like me mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. Like, I just don't yes. understand why that no. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so were you with having low iron too? I bet you were feeling, were you feeling really weak all the time? Like just tired and weak? I surprisingly wasn't like, I, I think maybe a little more weak, but for how low it was, I was kind of surprised how well I was actually doing yeah. with it. And so you started taking then iron and then did you go on a birth control? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just the typical yes or whatever they kind of right. go. But, and yeah. how did that, did that help with the heavy bleeding? Um, yeah, it went away. I was on it for the rest of high school, like no complaints. It worked. It got my iron levels back up. Everything was good. Yeah. Good. So you felt like through the rest of high school, this was your protocol and you felt good. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really good. Yeah. That's, that's Mm -hmm. great. I mean, that's amazing. So what, what happened after high school? So the summer of 2020 was a really fantastic year anyway, but, um, kind of right after like high school graduation, like it just like one day something changed. I was just exhausted. I just had no energy. And then that just kind of led into being depressed because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't like exercising. I wasn't doing my normal activities. And then it was like the height of COVID. So nothing was really open anyway. And it was just like a disaster. And um, one day I went to a store to do something and my mom looked at me and she's like, I saw like the old you for like 20 minutes. She's like, I saw that energy. I saw you were laughing. I saw you're excited. And she's like, you came home and you were just like a shell. She's like, there just wasn't you. And then it kind of hit me and she's like, I think you need to go like back to a doctor or see if something has changed. Cause she's like, you are just not you. Um, she could just tell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, then that kind of started the slew of doctor appointments to pick back up towards the end of 2020. And, and what were you going to like your OB GYN or were you going to like a PCP? Like what, what appointments did you have? What tests were they doing? <laughs> Um, so I first started with just, yeah, my PCP and she, um, brought up the idea of therapy. And so I started, I started doing that. I'm still on it and I absolutely love it. Totally changed me, but it just still wasn't cutting it. It wasn't, I realized it just wasn't the stress of COVID and whatever else. Right. Um, so then I started, I kind of asked some other people, like other OBs they liked, looked at reviews. I went to a few of them. I, the review I got from them was to just try a different birth control, of course. Yep. Yeah, one told me I should just wait until I want to have kids to figure this out. Like I'll be fine till then. Um, one told me kind of in a nice way that it was kind of making up that I thought it was endometriosis. She's like, Oh, that fatigue doesn't really fit the symptom list. And were you saying, did you say like, but my mother had endometriosis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my mom, uh, her mom and her sister have all had fertility or endometriosis issues and that they did not care. 
they just were like, here, try a different birth control or yeah, no real (laughs) solutions. No, no. So did you find, how are, what other symptoms besides like fatigue and feeling off? Were you having anything else at this time? Were you nauseous or any pain or anything? No. And I think that is what it was pretty much just this like fatigue and worn out. And I think that's not like, maybe it's an excuse for some of the doctors, not really, but I think that's what tripped them up is like, I wasn't having the pain. I wasn't nauseous. There was no head. Like it just was that fatigued. Well, and it's, and I talk about this all the time in the show. I'm sure everybody's sick of me saying it, but the endo just presents itself so differently. Mm-hmm. And when you say, I think people misinterpret fatigue if they don't have endo or they don't have something that is causes chronic fatigue, because this isn't like, oh, I need to lay on the couch for 20 minutes. Yeah. It is like you put on a 200 pound backpack mm-hmm. and somebody like hit you in the face with like a two by four. It's, it's yeah. like, impo- like, I remember getting out, like sometimes getting out of the shower when I was having that type of fatigue. And like, I would then have to lay, like the shower was so much that I would have to lay down to recover from the shower. And then it took me like everything in my power to get dressed to then like try and go to work. So it, it, and I'm guessing that's the type of fatigue where it's just Yes. It's like, and I say to people, it's like walking through jello. It's like walking through cement, Mm -hmm. like every movement. So it's not just, I'm tired. It is like moving mountains to like do something. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think if you, if you've never experienced that level of fatigue, I feel like people do not understand when you say like, I'm really like brain fog mm-hmm. fatigue. Like yeah. if you haven't experienced it, like mm-hmm. you probably just think, Oh, take a 20 minute nap. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> but it's not, it's so yeah. heavy. It's just like no. a heavy feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yes. how you were feeling. Right. So it's so hard to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So did what happened? Did you find a doctor that was listening to you or, or what were the next steps? Um, so then it was about like October, end of October, I finally went to, um, yeah, I found a new doctor. And I think the appointment lasted like maybe 20 minutes. And I kind of walked in and like, I I think I just kind of got out the part about like the really heavy periods. I didn't even get to the fatigue. And he just goes, he's like, yeah, that's not normal. He's like, there's something going on. And he's like, we need to figure out what this was. I I probably could have cried. I probably did was tearing up because I'm like, you're actually listening. Like what? Like, yeah. So he right away. And then I kind of told him the fatigue and he's like, yeah, he's like, that's not normal. He's like, you're 19. Not normal. Right. Right. This, you were 19 years old. You should be like out having yes, fun with your friends correct. and like sleeping like six hours a night, not saying yes. I can donut, but I'm sorry. When I was 19, that's what we were doing. Right. We were yes, having fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Um, and so yeah, pretty much right away. He's like, uh, he's like, if you're good with it, he's like, I want to do a whole bunch of labs. He's like, I want to set you up for an ultrasound. And he's like, I want to get you on the, like the surgery mm. wait list. And he, it was like all done within like an hour, had all those appointments set up. And I just, I remember walking out to the car and my mom was waiting for me. And I was just like, I had like a pile of papers and I was like, like, he actually listened. I'm like, I have things scheduled. Like, I just was so happy that like somebody listened and got it and understood it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm so happy hearing that right now, but it also makes me so infuriated that you had to feel so excited that somebody Mm -hmm. listened to you. Like it's just, hence why I do this podcast and I fight for endometriosis is because 
it's just not right. Like there's something wrong. And I just applaud that doctor for immediately going into action to help you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I had gone to a, I went to a different OB like this past year and I, I brought like my folder. They always give me like the surgery pictures and stuff. And I brought it and I'm like, you guys are not denying that I have this. I'm like, I got it. And I actually heard the nurse kind of telling the doctor, like before she came in, she's like, yeah, she has like a folder and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you, I'm like, I got kind of mad. I was like, you just don't get it. I'm like, nobody believes me. Like nobody, I'm like, I legit need these pictures and you to see them for most doctors to believe me. Like, I'm like, you just don't get it. Like, and I think, and I'm not making an excuse, but I do think the younger you are, and you're going through this. I mean, a lot of people with endo aren't taken seriously up until 60. I mean, Mm -hmm. but I do think when you're younger, it's almost like a pat on the back, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're being dramatic. And and it's just, it's not like, it's not acceptable. You, you know, your body, like, like, you know, that something's wrong. And yes. even to hear someone say that is just so hurtful. Like, where's your compassion? Mm-hmm. Your... <sighs> yeah. Well, so what happened with your blood work and, and the ultrasound and, and tests? Yeah. So I um, did the lab work and uh, one of the markers for an autoimmune disease kind of came up positive. So then I had to go to a rheumatologist before they would do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I got like so much blood work done and I had very high levels of inflammation. Like all any inflammation markers were super elevated there, right up there. So then they took that and they went forward with the ultrasound and, um, within like 10 minutes, she goes, yeah, I see a lot of like the adenomyosis right away. She's like, I see that. Wow. And she's like, so if you're debating the surgery, she's like, I would say you need it or you should really do it. Wow. Yeah. I bet that was also a very gratifying moment. It it really, it really was. Cause there's kind of a part of me at the time. I was like, well, I don't know. Do you do it? Like, what if, what if they were right? And there was nothing in there and it's something else. And then I think with the, the combination of the blood work and like her looking at that ultrasound already, was like, I need to do this. Like I need it, to. It's such a common fear because we're told so often that we're either being dramatic or we're not taking, mm-hmm. being taken seriously. And so many people fear going into that, going into the initial like diagnosis surgery that they're not going to find anything. And even when I get like a scan still, it feels like a double-edged sword because it's like, I don't want them to find anything, but I also don't feel right. So I want them to find something. It's like, you know, and it's just, it's so, it's so much emotion. There's so much that goes Mm -hmm. into it too, as a person and just to not have that compassion from the medical side, not all doctors, but some, Mm -hmm. it just makes it that more challenging for you as an individual, right? Like it's just so hard. So I'm glad that they, not glad, but glad that Mm -hmm. they were finding things that made you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. So then did you end up having surgery? I did. Yeah. It was like a month later, um, January of 2021 is when I had my laparoscopy. Um, it went, it went good. Um, the prep was not fun, but you did a bowel prep. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> but so, so Kelly, why don't you, for the listeners who may not have gone through a bowel prep and not every surgeon does this, mm-hmm. but 
some do, and I've gone through it. Do you want to tell people just because there may be people listening that haven't had surgery or they may be having surgery yeah. or they may have a bowel prep. I just feel like it would be helpful. So mm-hmm. you don't have to give all the gory details, but <laughs> you can, can explain what you say when, what you mean when you said it wasn't yeah. fun. Um, so yeah. Um, besides like you get, you get like a lot of just different medications you have to take like a week before and like, that's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, they give you, I don't remember how many ounces of whatever it is you have to drink. We have to mix it with like I think any color, but like red or purple Gatorade or something. And you basically mix like the Miralax with it. And you have to drink like, felt like two gallons of it or something within like four hours. And it just tasted so gross. And it was not fun. (laughs) And then it clears your bowels. So everyone can imagine how you feel when that's happening. Honestly, there is, I mixed mine once with like watermelon water or something. I was like, oh, I love oh, watermelon. This, yeah. I literally, I still cannot drink that to this day. Mm-hmm. No. It was that bad. I'm, I bet yeah. you probably feel that way about ga- whatever flavor Gatorade yep, you have. Yep. Like Gatorade, it's, just not, it's not happening anymore. <laughs> all right. So you did the prep, you got all yeah. cleared out and then you went in yeah. for surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, went in and, um, so yeah, they gave me like a folder It had all the pictures and they, um, he came in like at my post-op and he said, yeah, I'd put you around like stage one, two endometriosis. And he showed me on the pictures, like them taking it out and different things like that. And it was kind of like you said before, it felt like almost good to be like, like, I wanted to go back to all those doctors and be like, see, like, look at there's literal proof that this yeah. is happening at the same time like it's like you don't want it to be in you but it was kind of a very like bittersweet I guess thing. yeah yeah and the sur- the day of the surgery everything went well did you do outpatient and you were home yes like, that yep. same day okay. yeah home later that night and how yeah. was your recovery um it wasn't too bad I think what hit me the hardest was I didn't have a lot of pain like the first week I was pretty reliant on pain meds every how many mm-hmm. hours really wasn't moving just not fun and um they do the they did the gas and it they kind of they always warn you it carries up to your shoulders for some reason so that wasn't very fun but other than that it wasn't too bad I guess it was just it probably took another month maybe almost two months for me not to move a wrong way and feel like a pull in my stomach or to like lifting a backpack did not happen for like a month and a half later if it was too yeah. heavy like I think that's what hit me the hardest compared to the pain initially yeah I always like to ask that because it it affects everyone differently mm-hmm. your recovery time and how you recover and sometimes these doctors say two weeks and I'm like yeah. two weeks <laughs> no. like there is no way I am going no. back to work in two weeks no. like unless I'm laying in the bed watching movies, like there is yes. no way like, that's my job that I, that yes. I should be okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's why I like to discuss it. And the mm-hmm. gas pain, like for people who haven't had surgery before, yeah. maybe you're listening. It is weird. It's they pump up your stomach with gas. So they, cause your abdomen's pretty small and all your mm-hmm. organs are jammed into this really tiny space. So they blow up yeah. your tummy with gas CO2. So CO2, right. So they can yeah. see so they can see everything a little bit better, but it's so weird because you get these like gas bubbles that get trapped in your shoulder and it's really painful mm-hmm. and it's hard to describe. It's almost more painful than 
the abdomen, like the healing oh, yeah. of the surgery. Yeah. So like heating pads help with that moving mm-hmm. around in certain yeah. ways to just like release the gas, your body, I guess, absorbs it. Um, or I think you like also move it out, you know, through your yeah. mouth or through tooting, yeah. but you do move it out, but it, yeah. it can take a couple days and it really yeah. hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so in your follow-up appointment and you got the pictures and you have mm-hmm. your staging, what, what are you doing now? Or what, like after that appointment, what was your, your plan? Um, I was still at the time on just like the typical, like, yes, birth control. I was kind of good with that yet. I'm like, they kind of said they wanted to be on it. So it doesn't cause anything worse, anything like that. And I was, I was doing pretty good, um, until kind of more towards the end of 2021. I just kind of felt like looking back at pictures was so obvious like my face was just like so puffy and I just I just felt kind of off I just kind of felt like blah again and I got like so worried it was coming back and she's like well maybe we'll just try like some different kind of combination of medications and so then I went on honestly I don't remember the name now but it was like two different medications combined kind of had the same effects of birth control but it's just a little different um and I did pretty okay on that and then actually this year I've kind of been looking into more of like the natural side and I've kind of been realizing how not great birth control like can be for some people and so I kind of talked about it with a few doctors and then I've been off it since around February of this year okay and how how are you feeling um way better than I think I was yeah way better I feel like I have emotions again and I don't love that my face breaks out like it is today I don't I don't you look beautiful I do not see anything in your face just so you know (laughs) um but yeah I'm like I have emotions again I just I like the face puffiness went down I feel a lot better yeah that's I'm so happy to hear that and going back to the surgery really quick and then I want to talk about the natural stuff that you're doing did they Mm -hmm. diagnose you with adenomyosis as well yes they do they did yeah so that and endo Mm -hmm. yes um so you're off birth control doing more natural stuff for people who are listening that may be interested in in trying that route Mm -hmm. what are you doing are you working with a specific doctor like how teach us how you got to where you are yeah um so I did a lot of research about it, like the best things I kind of to do, like coming off it. I just was watching like things on Instagram. There's like a ton of profile, amazing Instagram profiles on this. And um, so I kind of just was like messing around. It's taken a while to get to where it is, but I think the biggest things that have helped me so far, um, I take um, turmeric every morning. I've noticed that has made a big difference in the inflammation. It just seems to be helping me a lot. Right. Um, I've also been starting to take just a prenatal vitamin instead of just like a normal multivitamin. I've noticed that helps. I also have a tendency to have lower vitamin D levels. So I've noticed a prenatal helps really keep that up for me. Um, And I've definitely just been trying to eat better. I've cut out dairy for the most part. Gluten is kind of every now and then thing. Um, I have like a smoothie almost every day. I've been trying like beets and different good things for your liver. Um, so I think I've just been trying to do better about what I eat, like looking up the products that I put on my face and just the things I eat, the the chemicals and the cleaners and sprays. And I've been trying to use more glass instead of plastic. So just like little things kind of here and there to help. 
Those are such great tips. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because <laughs> I did, I went through a similar process where I didn't know, like I would be using Dove moisturizer and then yes. I looked and it had like pair, you know, parabens. Mm-hmm. I didn't know yes. any, you yes. know, like, and my deodorant had aluminum in it mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all of those things that I really didn't know. And so for listeners, if you're just like overwhelmed and like starting to hear this, it's, it could be a slow process where maybe yes. you switch your lotion to something more natural or your body wash or shampoo. And, but when you're using all of those things and drinking out of plastic, which I was doing all, I, I was microwaving plastic. I don't do that anymore. Everything in our house is glass, like you said. Um, but as I started to just research uh, external, like environmental um, phytoestrogens. That could be something good to Google for people who are yeah. listening and you, and you're just like, want to get more education on this. And I'll try and have yes. someone on the show to talk about this, but it was really Kelly, such a good point, such an eye opener to me. I was yeah. like, I had no idea that mm-hmm. I was putting just a lot more chemicals into my body and I'm sure it wasn't helping with all the inflammation that I was struggling yeah. with. So I'm so glad that that you're feeling better and good. And yeah, so today feeling good, taking the vitamins and just switched up some lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been really awesome so far. Been loving it. That's great. That's so great. And then I know you said you're without taking the birth control, you're having feelings. And I wanted to dig into that too, if mm-hmm. you want to talk about that. But yeah. Something I definitely noticed when I was taking birth control and after a couple of times I had surgery is I almost felt emotionless. It wasn't that I was sad and it wasn't that I was like overjoyed. I just felt emotionless. And I know it was because my hormones were probably going through some sort of transition. Is that how you were feeling or how were you feeling? Yeah, I I think I didn't really notice it until like I came off of it more. Like kind of like you said, it wasn't like you were just sad or depressed. It just like I just felt like you could feel things like at a higher level. Like I like I started. I mean, it's not fantastic, but like crying more at things. Like I was like I realized like how much I guess I just didn't do that. Like I feel like I can feel like those emotions more deeply. Like if you're happy, you just laugh more, and things kind of hit you in the feels. I guess more, and you can cry at things and. I feel, I just felt you could feel like this whole range of emotions compared to like the little that I was feeling when I was on the birth control. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned therapy and you're still going to therapy and that's something that you, has that helped you through obviously dealing with a, a diagnosis of endometriosis also maybe not being listened to by doctors. Have you gone into that and worked through some of that? And is that something you recommend to people who are listening? Yeah, for for sure. It's definitely, I'm the person I am today because of her. She's amazing. And yeah, we talked a lot about like that lack of validation from the doctors Mm -hmm. that she's like, you, you had a legitimate thing going on with you and they told you you were wrong. Like that, that doesn't make you feel okay. She's like, somebody needs to listen and be there. And so I a hundred percent would recommend it for people who can go just, it's so awesome. You can just see things differently and it, it helps you get out of that sometimes I can get in a funk of like, this is my forever. Like I might need another surgery, like yeah. just the what ifs. So I think it's definitely helps can reframe your mind. Yeah. I think that that's wonder, a wonderful tip for everybody listening. And, you know, I was talking to another endo patient who was on the podcast um, yesterday and she and I were just talking about 
how sometimes when you get a pain or you're not feeling right and you start to go down that rabbit hole, like, mm-hmm. what you're saying, like oh my gosh, the endo's back. I'm going to be sick forever. I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it, it is, it's, it's such a great way to reframe. I think that's such a good tip. And also like, we got to take it one day at a time, just like yeah. everybody else. Mm-hmm. We don't know what tomorrow may yeah. bring and you may wake up and feel very well. You may not, but it it, it is very easily to get overwhelmed when you have an illness like this, because mm-hmm. you just, it's unpredictable. I guess is the best term that I would use that causes this just like additional layer of stress. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So I like that reframing it and, and going down that road, a route of, you know, we're taking this one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for For sure. sure. Awesome. Well, Kelly, anything else to add or any tips or tricks or things that you feel can help endo patients who are tuning in? Um, I guess to say like, you really are your best advocate that there's going to be, unfortunately, people that try to tell you it's not true or you're making things up, but to really just keep pushing until you find something that fits you or makes you feel right. Because I could have stopped at doctor two and I don't know where I would be right now, but you just, you, unfortunately you do kind of have to keep pushing through the bad doctors. Yeah, for sure. And you're 20 or 21 now? I'm 20. 20. So yeah, I mean, you're young and you feel good and you're healthy and vibrant. And that's the way that it's supposed to be when you're that age. Right. And yeah, I agree with the advocate, you know, advocacy people hear me talk about all the time. The other thing that you mentioned about what you did and being an advocate is you went in with your pictures, you went in with your folder. And even though Mm -hmm. that nurse said that, I do feel like, and I mention this all the time, go in prepared, go in yes. with your pictures, go in with your folder, go in with your binder, go in with your phone notes, whatever, mm-hmm. just the more, and yes, you shouldn't have to do that, but the more mm-hmm. that you have that backs up everything that you're saying, it does help. And yes. it's, you know, I've walked in with a giant binder before and but it helps because this is my data and this is what you need to listen to. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, wonderful. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope you continue to feel well. And for everybody listening, this episode is dropping in December. So no matter what you celebrate, I'm wishing you very happy holidays and a very happy 2023. Can't believe it. Oh yeah. Crazy. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kelly, so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support, listening in and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that on Apple podcasts, that helps us get more guests helps us get higher search ranking. And I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the cycle podcast. Also, if you want to keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast. If you want to further the conversation. And lastly, This podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor 
And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again. Thank you.